Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over a hundred different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Notice how much better you will feel by having a consistent practice to support you staying centered. I am so excited to have my friend Bill Schiff Miller here on the Centered in the City podcast. Bill is the CEO of Akoyo, which is a hearing wellness company that dedicates itself to providing products and services tailored to the needs of people experiencing hearing loss. Bill is a lifelong hearing aid user and hearing wellness advocate. He has a background as an accessibility advocate for Apple, where he was a thought leader on establishing the accessibility for its global retail operations. Bill also has a diverse background in design management, as well as consulting in the pharmaceutical industry. As you settle in and listen to this podcast episode, I really welcome you to tune into the gift of your ears and hearing and let them guide you as you enjoy this podcast episode. Bill, welcome to the Centered in the City podcast. Hello, Wade. It's so wonderful to uh, chat with you and really connect with you. So good to see you. So, Bill, tell me, what does it mean? I always like to start off with a themed question. What does it mean to be centered to you? Letting that that first sigh, reflecting all around you, and just to get you out of that rut for the moment. Very often, I can be so caught up in the moment even when it's, I'm making coffee and you got something going on in your hand, it's like, hey, pause, take that deep breath. What bugging you? Is it really something that should be um, be bothered with? And just get you back, get yourself back to feeling whole again. And once I'm whole, I feel centered, and then everything else is easier and simpler in order to get the day going. Mm, I love that you started out with the big exhale. <sighs> like that feels so good to do right now. And it's and it's interesting you describe it that way because in the center in the city, the subscription model I have, that's kind of the vision that I have for people is that the platform is this place where they can have a big exhale. They can come and just release it all and come back into their center. So I loved hearing you bring that up. And, you know, uh, my family are known for being big sires. And you hear, 
<sighs> and my wife will often tell me, what? what's wrong? I'm just a shyer. I love what I'm doing that, you know, it gives me a sense of relief. So it's good to exhale and sigh. So it's a good thing. It it's is. Good. And the noise, we'll come back to circling back about like sounds and noise, but right, even just that exhale being a, a symbol of a, a noise and a sound that we get to create. Bill, tell us a little bit about your vision and the mission for Akoyo. Akoyo is a, a human wellness company. And what we're doing is making not just those with human challenges, but everyone with uh, any kind of healing to see what the possibilities are in the name of wellness. And what we do is we develop product and services for uh, those who are seeking um, solutions, human related solutions. So at the end of the day, they can feel whole. Mm. And where did your desire to create this company and create this vision come from? So I was frustrated with human aid batteries. And I don't know if you're aware of human aid batteries, but they're tiny and they have tabs on them. And to deal with the tab removal from the human aid battery and to put them into the battery door of your human aid was very frustrating. So I set out to solve a problem on human aid batteries. But then I realized what that did was start the conversation on human loss and human. And I realized a company is born. Not only are we developing a product, but we're also addressing the issues in and around the subjectivity of human loss. And as a user of human age since I'm six years old, I have endured and had managed to prevail with my hearing challenge, but nobody ever talks about it. Mm. Because when you look at hearing, it's silent. It's not that noticeable. If you have a hearing loss, you may or may not have hearing aid, but it's a silent disability. So people can't really tell. So I decided, well, I think I've done well for myself. I think I'm confident and uh, uh, I accept my hearing loss. Why not share that with others? And how can we destigmatize uh, all the perception on hearing loss? And at the end of the day, it's more common than you think. And that's what we want to do at Akoyo is give that back to uh, anyone. So that way we can educate them and share stories on um, the human experiences and how we, through the guides that we have, can make it easier for you should you want to take steps in addressing your healing. Mm. And you use this term that I love, instead of it focusing on you know, hearing impairment or hearing loss, you talk about hearing wellness. So tell me a little bit more about why you emphasize the hearing wellness piece of this journey? Well, you mentioned impairment and then another common term is disability. If you look at those two words, impaired and dis, it means you're broken. 
Mm. We're not broken, we're just built differently. And so what can we do to thrive on the strength that we have that makes us different? And so what I realized, while I have human challenges, I was building all kinds of skills in the way I communicate with people and in the way that I build relationships. Ultimately, that's gonna make you feel whole. And when you feel whole, that leads to good health, good overall wellness. So if you can start with the fundamental of healing along with sound and listening and you pay attention to those things, that's gonna connect you to your overall health wellness. And so that's why I put emphasis on human wellness because it's not about being able to hear, but it's also being able to hear so you can communicate, so you can properly uh, interpret what's going on around you and build those great relationships. And one of the things that I realized that human loss had really provided me with a gift and that had made me a diplomat because mm -hmm. you may, and I do this on a regular basis, you may misinterpret what's being said or what's going on around you. Now you may have noticed I said misinterpret, not misunderstood, misinterpret. I wanna make two very distinctive things because I heard something, but then the other person would say, well, you heard it wrong and I'm like, Time out. I didn't hear it wrong. That's how I heard it. And so having that kind of agreed disagreement, if you will, makes me a better ambassador. So I a better diplomat as well. So that way when you have these exchanges with people, you reflect before you react because you you think you heard, you think about it and how is the conversation that you're having. Um, think about the context in which um, you're involved in, in, in what you're conversing on. And don't take literally each word or sentence, take it all together and say, okay, what is the gist of, of this whole conversation that we're having or the issue that we're having? Take it all in, reflect before you respond. Mm. and it is so quick to react mm. mm -hmm. yeah I mean listening whether you have a hearing hearing loss or not is such a skill in our world that's full of noise and full of distractions and so what you're talking about really sounds like to me is this practice of relational mindfulness is where we get to hear with our whole self, with our whole felt sense so that our whole presence is there, not just our ears, but our body language. We're physically present that we're holding the space and helping the person who's speaking feel seen mm -hmm. as they're sharing. And we're noticing when the mind is racing to maybe thoughts of what are they saying, or maybe the person who's listening is already planning what they want to say because 
they're anxious and excited to speak or, right. But that whole practice of just being present to soak it in is such a skill. It, it is. And uh, I cannot tell you how many times where I was excited. I want to put in my piece and it's like, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> or I heard something, I uh, reflect on it, and then I respond and then go, that's two-minute news. We talked about that already. So it's how do you find that balance? How do you move along with the conversation? Uh, how do you make it fluid? And you have to ask yourself, in my response to something, is it needed or is it because you just want to be heard? You mm -hmm. find that there's going to be validity in what you're about to say. And that's where over time, I found that reflect before you respond and it, it will save you a lot of grief because mm -hmm. people will not want to communicate with you because they think you don't really understand what's really going on here. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's been my approach. And it also eases any kind of trepidation that you have. You know, just talking to you right now and being thoughtful, I can feel a sense of ease in my head as opposed to, oh, I'm having a conversation with Wayne, thinking about all the things to say, your mind is racing, it's like, slow down. Mm -hmm. Be careful, be deliberate be thoughtful. Yeah. And you and I have talked in the past about, you know, people who are experiencing hearing loss, how isolating it can be yes. and how it can take them out of the conversations. Yes. Um, we talked about my father-in-law who um, definitely probably could use some hearing assistance, hearing aid. And typically is not uh, taking the initiative to, to check out his hearing health. And I think for people whose hearing is pretty good or what they think is good enough, you know, I think we take hearing for granted. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, what you notice is this like theme around hearing and people taking control or charge of their hearing health. So um, just so you're aware, it takes men on average of seven years before they decide to address their hearing and maybe possibly get a hearing aid. Mm. It's a pride thing. It's a guide thing. It's a macho thing. And um, when you stop to think about men in particular, especially as they get older, they were the provider. They were always looked up to my husband, my father uh, took care of everything. So that kind of role and responsibility is something that remains in them. And to admit that they have a healing loss, it's like you're lowering down your guard. Mm. What often happens with most men as they age, and this goes for women too, is the, the loss is gradual. 
So you become accustomed to it over time. Mm. So in the infrequent time that you have visited, or particularly your children and your grandchildren, and, and um, everyone meets up, that's where the children and grandchildren will notice the difference. And even um, the, the person who's going through the hearing loss, because all of a sudden they're going from a quiet environment, may it be quiet or uh, a particular sound environment they're accustomed to with the TV blasting. And then suddenly they have to have a conversation. It's not just about their significant other. Now they have others and you have a bunch of conversation going on at once. That's where they will start to become withdrawn mm. because they cannot make out what's taking place in the conversation. When you do not address your hearing, as I mentioned, you'll become withdrawn. And when you become withdrawn, you become lonely and you become socially isolated. And that can lead to other kinds of illnesses. You can uh, have depression, it could lead you to dementia, it could lead to other kinds of ailments. And I'm not suggesting that getting hearing aids is going to prevent all that. No, it can try to mitigate it. So if you can try to um, uh, make your day as full and as wholesome as possible with some kind of apparatus to help you with your hearing, you could start to feel a little bit better. Mm. And one of the things that is uh, often misunderstood is this is not the individual with the hearing loss with the problem. It's the whole family. <laughs> it's the spouse, it's the children, it's the grandchildren, and it's even within the, um, the one with the hearing loss, inner circle of friends that they may see regularly. And everyone needs to be aware and be open and to discuss, hey, I'm noticing a change in your hearing. Or we know that we're shouting. Shouting does not necessarily mean that's the answer to getting that person to respond. There are other ways to communicate. You just need to uh, be aware and maybe you can change the situation in which you're having a conversation with. Mm. And so it's healthy to have a discussion with everyone about how one's hearing loss is affecting you and the family, and um, it's powerful. Mm. And I'll give you a great example. My wife, she's very loud. And I have my hearing aid out because I'm uh, asleep in bed. And she's on the phone with people, and she gets very loud, and it wakes me wakes me up. And she assumed that because I had my hearing aid out, I heard nothing. <laughs> Not true. I hear bass uh, low frequency. And because of her voice, that's what woke me up It's the low frequency. So even after so many years of her being aware and we strategize and how we're going to have conversation and 
in a restaurant and how we're gonna get uh, situated at the table and all that. And we do that beautifully. But even after all these years, she may be fully aware, but she's still uh, not aware of some uh, situation. And the way I describe it is, put your head underwater in a bathtub and sing. That's what her voice sounds like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting, right? After so many years, the assumptions that are still there around hearing. And yeah, like hearing, you know, with, out, I mean, I, to be honest, haven't probably gotten my ears tested, my hearing tested in, I don't even know how long, maybe wait, over. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> get it tested. Um, you should get it tested. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, it's like you get your eyes tested. Yeah. And, and you get your blood work done, and there's something assured about what the results are. No, it's so true. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, I don't think about it as something in my continual wellness checkup to be considering. And, you know, we were briefly before uh, uh, pressing record today, we're talking about, you know, the difference of hearing sound and noise. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on all the that in a moment. But, you know, just growing up in New York City, and I know you're currently in New York City, noise is just the background. It is yes. like a lullaby to everyday life, hearing horns and the fire trucks and ambulances and construction. It's all just part of, of the background noise. And I remember when I was first starting to learn how to meditate, how I would sit and in New York, in my apartment, try to focus on my breath, connect to my body, and I'd hear the buses and the trucks mm -hmm. go by, and I noticed how irritated my body would get. Like, oh, you, noise, you're being so rude, interrupting me. And it took me a while to recognize that that was part of the meditation and mindfulness practice is being able to hear the noise of life and let it pass through me, not interrupt me. And I noticed for a long time just how agitated that would feel. And then if I leave the city and go to the country in that automatic, like, oh, wow, you don't hear that kind of background hum. And while you hear the crickets and you hear that deep silence, how then that noise and sound then affects the physical body and the nervous system. It was really a really powerful switch to just recognize right, how our environmental noise has such an impact on our physical and mental well-being. Yeah, and to for your listeners, if they want to get a feel for what you're talking about, they can do something very simple. Use a vacuum cleaner or turn on the fan in the kitchen, you know, the vent. Let it run for 30 minutes. Do whatever it is that you need to do, whatever chores around the house. Then turn off the vacuum cleaner or the vent. And then you will notice the difference. When you're in the midst of the noise, you don't realize it. But when you turn it off, 
all of a sudden, like the exhale. <sighs> and what you will feel is pressure just below your earlobe, like right here. It's almost like somebody's been pinching you and you let go and you can feel that pain being released. Mm -hmm. Same thing here. And it's not something that will make you calm right away. It takes a while for you to release any of the stress associated with the noise. So I was in Annapolis over the weekend and um, the people we were staying with have a beautiful house up on the hill overlooking the Chesapeake Bay, beautiful uh, trees, tall trees so you could hear um, the, uh, the leaves blowing and, and uh, all of the wonderful sounds of nature. But it took me about three hours of being out there to finally calm down from all of the noises going on around us. Mm -hmm. And we need to stay away from our devices because not only are we talking about common urban noise, but you're also dealing with notifications. Funny, did you just hear yeah. notifications? <laughs> yeah, it was perfect timing. Thank you, thank you, good cue. But um, if you have these pestering notification in form of sound all day long, and if you get a Facebook alert, a LinkedIn alert, a message alert, an email alert, it's almost like a little kid pulling on mom's skirt, mommy, 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 vying for attention. And it's quite annoying. And that's what the kind of notification compounded with all the daily sound can do to make you stressful. Mm -hmm. And we just need to take a time out and be able to think about, can I isolate or eliminate some of the sound in my surroundings? So I live here in the city, as you mentioned, I'm right off of um, West Side Highway, so I hear the traffic. Just before I got on the call with you, I had to close the window, so I don't hear the traffic. But you do hear all of the other commotion. Those are things you can't control, but if there are things that you can control in your home, on your devices, then you start to feel a little bit better. It becomes less stressful. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just as you're talking about devices, it reminds me of, I have this phrase that I share with clients of pause before you peek, because we become like Pavlo's dogs, right? When we have a notification ding, whether it's a text message, an email coming through Instagram, whatever it is, there's this innate reaction that we get because we open our phone and we get a hit of dopamine to the brain. And so it's trained us over and over again of, oh, this is a good feeling. And so it's created that habit, but we can have control of our response. Just like we talked about not reacting when in mindful communication, we get to practice not reacting to our devices, that our devices don't control us. And so you hear a notification go off and I just tell my clients, pause before you peek. So just take that moment 
to take a breath, to just maybe connect to your body, to maybe even ask, do I want to look at my phone right now? Or do I want to open my computer right now? And then you get to use your wise intuition to answer that. Cause maybe the answer is no, you know, you're at dinner and you don't want to lift up your phone or maybe the answer is yes, because you are waiting for a message from a client or a family member. That's important. Mm -hmm. And um, just to piggyback off of that way is how do I want to feel? Do I need these destruction, destruction to interfere with the way I'm feeling? I'm feeling good now. I don't need to get some notification about something that took place in DC and it's like, it's awful news. Why do you need to uh, ruin the moment? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've noticed with myself and even with others is the need to feel. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be touchy-feely, to cry, to laugh, to be happy. In whatever moment you're in where you're reflecting on something, you know, if I could hear a piece of cello, uh, some kind of solo by, um, let's say, Yo-Yo Ma, and it makes me feel good, and you could be happy, sad, because the music is so sweet, but it addresses some of the emotion that's waiting to come out. And some people avoid opening up their emotion, but when you release those emotions, oh boy, that's like uh, going into a steam room and you just built up a good sweat and you yeah. just open up all your pores. So you need to have that kind of release. Mm -hmm. And so... It's okay to put those devices away, turn those notifications off, and focus on yourself and feel and um, remember who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of that, I'm really excited because next week I'm going on a silent seven-day retreat. And so talking mm -hmm. about silence, you know, uh, I remember my first retreat, there is this fear of silence right? That silence is scary. Silence maybe brings back memories of being, you know, a child home alone, or maybe memories of, or feelings of being alone, which can be scary for a lot of people. And I remember anticipation of going on being nervous about the silence. And then after like a day of arriving, it started to feel so sweet. Mm it started mm. to feel so good to be in silence. Like, wow, what a gift. And I could, there was silence in the external nature noises, but minimal voices being heard on the inside though, there was of course noise, noise of my mind, noise of listening to my body, but it was and it is such a gift to be able to listen to what's happening on the inside because so much gets discovered and unpacked. And as you said, even just released or emotions released or felt that help you know who you are. Absolutely. And so this gift of hearing, whether it's internal or external, is, is such a gift and a skill to be practiced. You know, how people, your viewers may not, 
your listeners may not see it, but we all squint our eyebrows and we create all these wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Imagine that for your ears. Mm-hmm. And so when you start going into these quiet places or places of tranquility, you can get rid of the wrinkles by your ears and relax it. And imagine that you put in your ears on pillows, mm-hmm. nice, soft, relaxing pillows, and it'll get you to unwind. And it may even heighten your hearing, even though you're in an area of silence. And one of the interesting things, too, Wade, it, where you're going to the silence retreat, those kinds of places in Mother Nature are disappearing. They're becoming extinct because of the developing world that we're in, where everything being, many places are being urbanized, commercialized, and noise. And to have those places of tranquility, as Mother Nature calls it, is disappearing quickly. Mm. That becomes a problem for us. What, where can we find sanctuary from noise? Mm. And we need to create that sanctuary within our own homes and within our workplaces. Mm. Yes, I totally agree. How do you differentiate hearing, sound, and noise? Hearing is the, what the ears provide us. You're able to hear what's around you. What's around you is sound. And within sound, you can have noise. Now, people have different perception of what sound and noise is. And then there's also listening. Many people perceive noise to be negative like what you were describing in the city environment, the urban environment, that noise, those disruptive sounds. Now, sound can be pleasant. Children giggling, birds chirping, the sound of the water. I'd like to call those soundscapes. And those kinds of sound can be therapeutic. And then there's the everyday communication need and that we hear, but we don't necessarily listen. And if we take a moment to pay attention to what we're hearing, you'll be able to listen better and understand what is taking place. Mm. I hope that makes, the distinction for you, at least mm-hmm. it does for me. Mm-hmm. How do you distinguish those? I love what you said. And I think you're right of noise and sound can be different for different people or even at different times. And not that noise has to have even a negative connotation because sometimes noise can be soothing. Like I notice, you know, we live now on a busier street in Seattle and I like that because it it feels comforting, feels like New York-ish. Seattle will never be New York, but you know, it has a little, <laughs> has a little spice of, of that flavor, which is comforting to me to have some sort of commotion around because that's what I grew up with. So it's not 
necessarily disruptive, but sound. Yes. I also think, you know, even in silence, there's sound, right? There's that sound of that white noise. There's even kind of that like echoey feeling that can be in silence. And even your own sound, you can hear your own body working. Totally. Yes. And one of the things that's wonderful about sound when it's positive is it can trigger memories. Mm. And uh, when I got my hearing aids for the first time, the first sound I heard, unbeknownst to me, with an airplane flying over, I didn't know what that was. So now when I hear an airplane, a little smile goes on, onto my face and I'm reminded of that. Wow. And I remember getting the new improved hearing aid one time and I'm 30 floors above uh, uh, the street where my apartment is and I hear something and you being from New York, it was a Mr. Soft the ice cream truck. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Those are great memories when you hear those kind of pleasant sounds. Mm, so true. Well, Bill, we could keep chatting about sound and noise and hearing and listening, I feel like, for a while. Where can people learn more about you, what you're up to, learn more about hearing and even resources on how to support family members who are wanting more hearing wellness support. I urge uh, everyone to check out www.akoio.com. That is akoio.com. That is uh, my company's website. As I mentioned, we are a hearing wellness company. And not only will you find a community on getting educated on hearing, and uh, not only will you find guides on how to talk to an audiologist and even look for audiologists, but you also get to see a community of others who are going through the experiences of hearing challenges and they share their stories. And also we have a subscription service on hearing aid battery. We uh, make it easy and convenient for folks to have hearing aids that rely on batteries so they can um, order through us and we will make it uh, easy for them to have their batteries delivered to their door. So I strongly recommend that folks check out acoyo.com as a starting point to get started on uh, anything they need to know about hearing, where to go, how do I get the, the help that's needed? Yeah, Okoyo has such great resources. I remember checking that out for my father-in-law and then also just a great place to learn more about hearing wellness. Thanks, Bill, so much for joining us. Thank you, Willie, the pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to the Centered in the City podcast. Let's continue the conversation about hearing wellness and our hearing health and how we get to practice deeper listening to ourselves and others and our environment. Head on over to Instagram and share your thoughts with us at One Wade. Also, we would love it if you shared this episode with anybody else in your community that you know would love to learn more about their hearing wellness. Until next time, stay centered.